This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss all things testosterone. I'm Brandon, founder of the TRT Community and host of All Things Testosterone. The TRT Community is a Facebook group of patients helping patients navigate the struggles associated with testosterone replacement therapy. We have educational resources at testosteronepodcast.com, including TRT-related clinical studies and a doctor search tool. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking with Ken, founder of Matrix Hormones. We're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, just kind of a a peppering of questions um, at him. I'm going to record start. Anyway, just uh, a bunch of questions for him, talk about uh, him being married, kind of dig into who he is personally. So let's jump right into it. He's already joined the green room. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? How's your morning voice? Are you ready? 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 I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Uh, uh, can you hear me? Okay, I have the earbud in. But. Yeah, sounds lovely. Sounds like you're in a bathroom, but that's fine. Does it? You're not sitting on a toilet, are you? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're 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 rolling. We're ready to go. And the first thing I want to know, oh. I want to talk about marriage. You're two months in. How's that going? going good going well it was it was 10 years in the making i started prior to covid so uh about four years because of all the covid shutdowns and re-shutdowns and stuff so uh amazing amazing it was overdue you guys had hands down the most amazing wedding i've ever seen in my life i mean Mm. not just the the ceremony and stuff but the show dear you know after it was absolutely crazy very fun yeah, I, I I went into a lot of detail in planning all that and coming up with that. Um, no, not really. I have no clue what happened. It was all it was all my wife. She did it all. She pulled it all together. Uh, it was amazing. She did an amazing job. Um, it's what she does. So it, it was great. Do you remember anything from that night? Was it a blur? Most of it. Most of it was a blur. Um, uh, I, I think I mentioned to you once before we picked out the menu of food and all these great foods and appetizers we wanted to eat. And uh, we literally got maybe one or two bites. Uh, never saw the food, never had champagne or a drink. It was nothing. It was between the uh, vents and performances and being pulled one duck direction to another. It was it was really a blur. It was an amazing blur. I remember all the, the important things, seeing her, the dress, our dances and all of that. But all the in-betweens was just like – wow yeah um and she uh surprised me with some of the things that were going on i knew what was going on but not all the things so sometimes if you watch the video you'll see me sitting there and go what the hell is going on but <laughs> in a good way but it was it was amazing yeah and she she does that right she's a performer of some kind oh she used to be she she's on uh it's the tampa supreme showgirls or Vegas style showgirls. She has another one that does with impersonators, but she's done that for umpteen years and owned those businesses. She has, you know, uh, the green screen, open air photo booths, five minutes of fame photo booths. So she has some of those businesses she does. She doesn't really, she hasn't performed in a long time, but of course for the wedding for me and the family, uh, she did. And uh, it was, it was amazing seeing her do her thing and just bring it all together. Yeah. As soon as we saw the officiant, I said, that dude looks like Elvis. Sure enough. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he was actually, he's a good friend of hers and, and does jobs around the, the country and the world and um, uh, with her. And um, he's a friend and he, he performed the wedding because um, we knew he'd give a little flavor and then went to his, his Elvis thing, <laughs> um, which was amazing also for the yeah. reception. Yep. 
So if we fast or rewind back to Ken Marple before Matrix Hormones, what were you doing? More of Matrix Hormone stuff. <laughs> you were in <laughs> that's the, been in 15, 18, 20 years, something like that. It's always been something like this in another business that I've owned with other people or you know, going back 15 years working for somebody, being, you know, doctor's assistant, things like that. So that's this is what I've done. Uh it, it I you know, we talked about this before. My journey started probably 20 or so years ago with my testosterone dropping and some thyroid issues and being destroyed being in general medicine, dealing with specialists and bounce around and they destroyed me. And, and, and I talk freely about this. I've talked about these things for so long, you know, made me infertile, killed the testicle. Thank God I have one son who has four great kids. None of my grandkids are loved to death, but they totally destroyed me and they were destroying me. And that's when I did my own research, my own testing and started taking different paths till I found somebody who knew about this. He's long retired. He was, he was older back then. And um, speaking to him about my case, he's like, Hey, I need somebody to come in with me. And that's where my journey started many years ago. You know, that's something, um, researching and, and it's something that I think is different about matrix than any other clinic is, you know, we, there's a, a text thread going on, right. With all the specialists. Mm-hmm. And there is mm-hmm. almost daily, if, if not daily, some, someone's posting a video link or a research article or something. It doesn't matter if it's Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday, midnight. It's, it's going on and, and you guys are actually watching and reading and, and constantly talking about and researching and looking for new ways and, and new methods. And I don't, I don't think that happens everywhere. You know, people clock out and they're done. Yeah. You know, one of us, and, and it's not even just a specialist, sometimes other people, um, you know, operational directors uh, and things like that will, will drop something in there. They're fine. And it'll, it'll, we'll kind of feed off of that information. Sometimes we can go a little left on teasing each other too, but uh, it's fun times. It keeps us fun. Uh, you've been part of that sometimes. So. Yeah, yep, definitely. So I've got uh, a handful of TRT community questions for you. And then I've got a couple of uh, what I'm, they should be easy to field women hormone questions for you that are off script, if you don't mind. Okay. So well, that's uh my life and my job is off script every day, so go for it. <laughs> so first TRT question is injection site bleeding and bruising. How can we avoid it? Um, well, the first question is what type of syringe are you using and where you're injecting? But for the most part, we, we like uh, microdosing, which uses uh, insulin-style syringe. Uh, it can be a 27-gauge by half-inch. Some people will use a, a 31-gauge by 5-16. They'll backfill, which I completely agree with. Or they just have the patience to stand there and pull it in that small syringe. You really shouldn't have bruising and bleeding. Usually when I run into that, it's because when somebody hears using an insulin-style syringe, they think, put it in my stomach. Um, For me, the stomach is usually the worst area to put it. I know it carries the most fat. So you say, well, it makes sense. You have to remember that the syringe is just an easy way to inject yourself and not hurt yourself. And it can be in muscle or fat. It doesn't matter. It's going to work primarily the same way. Uh, it's about doing smaller injections more infrequently to get the benefits from it. But using the stomach, you can get that nodding and bleeding and bruising. Uh, everybody is different. And when you carry more fat, there's a lot more smaller blood vessels that you can hit there. We usually recommend the upper outer thigh, the side part, nice upper thick part of your thigh, and then also the buttocks, the upper outer, sort of right under the pant line, rolling to the hip. You can also do a shoulder because once again, this is a small syringe. It's a small amount of liquid. Most men are pulling between 15 and 
uh, 30 with the average being about 22. So it's a very small amount of liquid that you're putting in also. Um, so it, you know, it depends on the area. Now, if somebody says, well, I, I go to do it in my, my thigh, uh, and per se, if you're getting bleeding, it means you're hitting blood vessels. Maybe you're a person that just has a lot of top area blood vessels, which is difficult to avoid. If you're getting uh, bruising, once again, that usually will come from those blood vessels. If you're getting soreness or lumps under the skin, um, some people, they just don't absorb it as well. Uh, you can then take that syringe and push it down a little bit. So if you take a half inch and you push down a little bit, make a dent or dimple in the skin and the tissue, uh, by pushing down, you're going to make it five eighths. If you push down a little harder, you're literally going to make it one inch deep going in there. So I usually say if you're getting the lumping and the soreness, uh, push down, make it go a little deeper. You can massage it afterwards. Uh, if you're getting bruising and bleeding, if it's in the stomach, that's a common, I would switch the area. But in general, uh, I'll have somebody who says, oh, I hate doing the upper buttock. It just doesn't work. It's I get this, I get that. And somebody else is like, oh, this is perfect. Same thing with the thigh. Just try those different spots. But if you're constantly getting it, um, there could be some people still use the old style inch, inch and a half, 22, 23, 25 gauges. Uh, bless you, but it's not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So would you would you say that if you're getting the lumping, is that a good indication that the absorption's not going well? It could be. So there's two things that your absorption's not going well or you're pushing it in too fast and you're just a person that takes a little longer to absorb. And the lumping usually comes from, and it's not just testosterone, it can be any product, uh, especially if you put a lot of liquid in one area, pushes out from the tissue and gets trapped between the tissue and the skin, which then can uh, cause uh, that lumping or crystallization of some of the uh, product where once it crystallizes, you can't absorb it. Your body will reabsorb it but not in the sense of what you're using it for medication. The lumps yeah. will eventually go away, but you don't get the benefit of that medication. Gotcha. Um, completely random question, but if someone were on an oral form of testosterone, like myself currently, I'm experimenting with Kaisatrex, I don't feel any different. I was you know, obviously hoping that I would get less side effects and be able to raise my levels higher. I don't feel any different. I need to do labs, but is it, possible to inject a little bit and do an oral or is that ill-advised well typically as you know i don't like orals the one you're particularly caring about we, we both discussed did research on and you said hey let me let me give this a try in the sense of you i would say yes i to be honest with you i don't have enough experience because i don't like orals but i can tell you there's people who inject and do creams yeah um they like the daily effect where the cream gives them some daily but not enough to get them over the the hump. So then they do their, their little micro dosing with it, a lower dose of them, and they combine the two. So they feel better. Now, could you accomplish that with just doing a daily injection, uh, a micro dosing? You could, but some people, even if it's an insulin syringe, they don't like it. Yeah. So by doing the cream and a little bit of an injection a couple of times a week, it works for them. Okay. Um, this next one's probably a multi-part question, but gonochomastia, how common is that? I see it talked about a lot, but how often is it actually happening? So you don't see it very often, to be honest with you. Now, people think if they feel a little something in their nipples, it's gonochomastia. No, because you have a little sensitivity. You can see that. So I would say that's more common, but I wouldn't call it common, but more common than gonochomastia. When you first start treatment, you can feel some little things in your 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 nipple area. That does go away. Um, gynecomastia itself, you don't really see very often. 
Um, you know, one of the things that I talk about for a lot of different things, it can be gynecomastia, you know, let me not say an astrozole, you might fall out <laughs> of the ceiling on me when you talk about an astrozole for estrogen blockers. But when you talk about certain things, the other one I see a lot too is finasteride to block DHT. People will say, oh my God, you don't take that product. It's going to kill you. It's going to do this or do that. The fact is, say finasteride. You take that, forget it. It's over. It's ED. Everybody takes it. Almost everybody takes it, gets it. No, about 9 to 12% of the people can get it. But as humans, we tend to go online to say, when we're talking social media, are negative experiences. A lot of times we don't talk about positive experiences. So when you look at these things, you might look at something and be like, oh my God, this is the worst medication ever. And I'm not trying to advocate for finasteride or anastrozole or anything like that. I'm just trying to give an example. Uh, we try to use anastrozole minimally as much as possible. Uh, same thing with finasteride. It's as need basis. And if we can fix the problem and get you off of it, that's the direction we take. But there's guys who've been on it for 20 years, just like women have been on it for 40 years. Uh, people are not dropping dead from anastrozole like you would read about every day <laughs> left and right. Um, so, uh, you know, you get a lot of that bad feedback sometimes uh, online. And I don't want to say bad feedback. It's just that person had a bad experience and you're, we're more willing to talk about the bad experiences. Yeah, I think that's especially true in this field because there's even less. A lot of guys don't want to talk about TRT at all. And there's, so there's even less people that are touting, singing its praises, and they're only asking their question when they're in trouble and they just have nowhere else to mm -hmm. go. So it's, it's a lot of that. Which then, then leads in to all the other problems, yeah. that all the other people that have those problems. So then you end up with this post that you as a new person might read and go like, oh my God, this yeah. is horrible. Because that person brought up his bad experience, which led the other people mm -hmm. to bring in their bad experiences. So you have to do a lot of research and see it. But you know, overall, I really don't see gynecomastia a lot. Um, and if you do things properly, even less so. Yeah. Uh, when you see it improperly is when somebody said, well, hey, I was going to this clinic. They started me off at three or 400 milligrams of testosterone with a thousand IUs of HCG and, you know, two milligrams of an astrozole to try to counterbalance what they're doing to them with everything else, but it's a mess. And yeah. um, there are some people are sensitive. I like to just throw out, because a lot of people don't know this, and we discussed it before, everybody thinks gynecomastia, estrogen. They, they, they chase that estrogen, even can bottom it out. Why am I still having a problem? Prolactin can also cause gynecomastia. The combination of estrogen and prolactin, if you had one that was, say, high normal by the labs and you were fine, but the other other one went up a little high normal. Those two together could, could trigger gynecomastia. So when you look for gyno, I look at estrogens and prolactin to make sure you're not chasing one or bottoming one out for no reason. You get the proper answer. Is there a genetic component as well? Yes. Just like anything in this, it could be cholesterol, it could be diabetes. Some people are more uh, prone to these things. That's why somebody could take testosterone and none of these things go up. And somebody else can have DHT, prolactin, testosterone, uh, I'm sorry, estrogens all go up. Uh, same thing with red blood cells, some of that. But then some of it is not just genetics, it's it's weight. Uh, the heavier you are, the more estrogen, whether you're on testosterone or not, the more estrogen you store, it stores in your fat cells, and the more chances you have to have higher estrogen. So if you take something that increases estrogen, of course, you're going to store more. It's like a cycle. Um, so weight, also fat, uh, BMI also plays a factor into it. Gotcha. Um, next question. How often, how often would you guess it's necessary to stop TRT to conceive? 
I would say most of the time, most of the time men can't conceive. And there's some men who use testosterone, not even use an ATG and they conceive when they don't want to. Of course <laughs> it's possible, but that is not the common for most of our patients that uh, we've seen. And I've experienced over umpteen years. Um, they usually have to stop testosterone therapy, do some type of releasing hormones post cycle. Um, for most guys also one to four months, the pregnancy is achieving and they're flipping right back on to testosterone. There's some guys that take six months to a year. Um, I had one gentleman who not only was on testosterone for 15 years, had gotten a bisectomy, got remarried, wanted a child, uh, got it reversed. We got him off testosterone. It took about a year and they gave up and did in vitro. And right before starting back on testosterone, she then got pregnant with another child naturally oh wow um so after yeah, it, having the it could happen at any time <laughs> <laughs> so she ended up with two two kids two kids so nice. she she had the one and, and uh, once that that baby was done he's like okay he wanted to keep it going to make sure the birth went well he didn't want to jump back on testosterone they had that child uh you know right after uh pregnancy and in, in, in vitro females are very fertile and I guess, you know, now at that point, he was a year, nine months or so uh, on releasing hormones. And God said, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right right after that, that child, they got pregnant normally uh, by him. Uh, so um, that's an extreme case. But for most patients, one to four months is where you can achieve pregnancy by flipping off. Now, someone can use testosterone, high amounts of ATG, and it could take them six months to a year to get pregnant. But if you're looking to get it done quick, just flipping to that uh, protocols, releasing hormone protocols, usually can get it done quickly. But as you know, there's also, did you ever use support for your testicles? How how old are you? Are you genetically more prone to your semen shutting down? All of those other variables that go in there, but not very common that you see somebody on testosterone and they can achieve pregnancy. Yeah. What's uh, What do you got above you there? Is that a battlefield picture? No, it's not a battlefield picture. <laughs> Is that a Star Wars? It's Mandal- Mandalorian. Okay. I'm a big Star Wars sci-fi fan. All so. you could see was like the dust and the feet. I thought it was a soldier. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, <laughs> uh, in my office. I have a bunch of uh, memorabilia. Uh, Mandalorian being one of my my favorites. Now that you rabbit me out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, matrix pricing. What I see in the TRT community all the time. Mm-hmm. It's well known that matrix is the favorite, if not among the top two or three favorite clinics. Somebody will post something, where should I treat? A hundred people go in there and say matrix, and then somebody will inevitably come in and say matrix matrix is too expensive. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that the pricing is broken down is a little bit different than a lot of clinics do. So walk me through what I'm going to spend with matrix um, and how it's not really any more or less than any other clinic out there. They're all pretty close. This comes up often. We have a little bit of a different system of doing stuff. And it's funny when I break it down to people, they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so first of all, I, 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 you know, nobody is perfect, but we try to excel on customer service and patient medical care. We really take the time. We explain things. We go through things. We're always there for the patients to the best of our ability um, not a lot of places can say that, whether they're cheaper, the same price or more money. Um, but the the initial sign up for a patient, uh, um, male patient um, for hormone therapy, if there's no specials or anything going on after, say, your TRT community uh, discount is $100. So that first appointment to review the lab, which for most guys, 
take 30 to 45 minutes, closer to 45 for most, uh, to review those labs. We want to thoroughly have you understand the process in the beginning. Sometimes it can even take an hour. So that first appointment is $100. That includes you know, all the time to set you up and get the, the things going. Um, from there, it depends on what you need and right, you're buying. Um, we are kind of an a la carte. You buy what you need uh, when you need it, and you stop when you want to. Um, so if you're, say, you're buying a, a bottle of testosterone, uh, that bottle of testosterone uh, out the door is, say, about 250 roughly. So when we break down prices, we learned a while back that we had to break it down monthly because people see these monthly programs. Oh, my God, you're so expensive. They're paying $99 a month for their bottle of testosterone. Whether they're on 100 milligrams or 200 milligrams, they're paying the same price. So we started breaking things down monthly for people to show, depending on what that strength is and what it breaks down monthly, breaks down to 75 to about $95 a month. We're actually cheaper than the guy that says, I'm $99 a month for your testosterone. Um, the sign-up is usually a little cheaper than most of those places up there. They're usually 150 to 200 for their initial sign-up, or we're 100 uh, as well as going forward, they do do usually will give you at least one free appointment a year at those other businesses. We do charge $35, but like I said, we are much more thorough. And I, I for someone one time, I ran all these different scenarios, different businesses, different pricing. We literally came out sometimes cheaper, uh, the same amount or the second year cheaper. Uh, or if we were more, it could be 50 to a hundred dollars in a year's time. Yeah. Um, now, now granted, somebody could say, well, I spend X amount of money with, uh, you know, matrix hormones, but sometimes they forget to say they're buying the stuff that's not necessary. Yeah. Peptides, weight loss products. Yeah, and that B12. stuff can get expensive anywhere. And that's not included mm -hmm. in the $99 specials that you'll find elsewhere. You, mm -hmm. you pay extra for that stuff. And like I said, one of the biggest things people have to think about with that is there's whether you're hundred milligrams or 200 milligrams, you're paying $99 yeah. for that. Uh, testosterone. So either way, if, if you're under 200 milligrams, you're paying less with us across the board. If you're at 200 milligrams, it's roughly the same or slightly uh, uh, cheaper. If you're that 100 milligram guy, that one vial is lasting you five months. That means that mm -hmm. just a little over two times a year, you're spending your, your treatments, $500 a year, basically, you know, mm -hmm. a couple of appointments and labs in there. If your insurance doesn't mm -hmm. cover it. Yeah, with these, a lot of these other businesses, $99 a month. Yep. <laughs> it ain't going to change what you're using. Yep. Um, I hit a wall after four weeks on TRT. What should I do? I see this one a lot. Uh, whoever's treating you, uh, they should let you know four weeks on TRT doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's way too soon. Uh, hitting a wall, that's, uh, that's, there is no wall at four weeks. You're just starting. Uh, the journey we usually tell, yes, you get people who are lucky in the first month to three months. They're just flying high like Superman. For most guys, we tell them it's three to six months. Um, you can feel ups and downs. You can have some new symptoms. You can have some go away, some get better. Um, but hitting a wall at four weeks, there's no such thing. But I also don't want to discount. I don't know what this person is doing. Are they being treated properly? How much are they taking? Are they being balanced properly? When's their next appointment? Um, so those are things that the patient should have been informed already, which I feel like if they were informed properly, they wouldn't be asking, I've hit a wall in four weeks. What do I do? Uh, that's way, way too soon. We usually wait, um, seven to eight weeks to retest you to get a, a viable number. And that's still that number that we have 
it might not be a hundred percent of what your levels are going to be on that amount of testosterone. How quick did your body shut down? Where were your original levels? How well are you absorbing the testosterone? How quickly are you going up? There's so many, many factors there. Um, but yeah, four weeks is, it, it, if you're worried about hitting a wall at four weeks, I don't want to say there's not something wrong with your treatment, but most of the time is it's just too early. When you first start taking those shots or however he's taking it, uh, it stacks on your natural testosterone. You typically will have a boost and then it stops. Uh, some people will go backwards because the natural testosterone will drop quicker and they'll go backwards and feel bad. And then you slowly start moving forward again. So frequently that honeymoon period that we refer to it as is he probably got some boost from the testosterone stacking on his natural testosterone. They drop some. He feels now I've hit a wall at four weeks. We haven't even made it to the wall. You're still in the parking lot and you got a long walk ahead of you. <laughs> but labs eventually, right, is the is the best indication I, for you. I, yeah. If he was having an actual side effect or issue, I would say move up your labs earlier. Otherwise, I usually say seven to eight weeks to see the potential of what that strength of testosterone you're on, as well as your body shutting down to try to get an accurate number of where you're at and how you're feeling. Yeah. So, um, podcast listener, forum member, matrix patient, Pete sent me this, um, voice memo, like, gosh, a month ago. I want to play it and see if you'll address it. It's like a minute long. Mm -hmm. Hey, Brandon, this is Pete from the TRT. Well, let me, let me switch this audio source. Didn't anticipate playing it, but now that we're here, might as well. All right. From the TRT community forum. Hey, I'm just throwing out a topic idea because it's something I'm suffering from pretty heavily right now. And it's, um, it's a lack of sleep. And how it's affecting my my TRT, I hate to say the word journey, um, but it's it's a temporary thing. I'm just I'm just overworked and have too many things going on, and it's killing my sleep. And it feels like I am I I, I feel worse than I did before I started TRT and before I started using a CPAP some twenty some years ago. So uh, anyhow, I don't know. That might be a might be a topic idea, and I I think you may have done one in the past, but I'm so rummy dummy right now, I I can't think. But anyhow, um, I just noticed the send a voicemail message. All right, we don't need to hear all that chit chat. He's rummy dummy. I that, I love that dude. He is <laughs> he is hilarious, um, and and so well written and spoken. But basically, what he's saying, and and to clarify, he's not saying that that he feels worse in general. He's saying that he is more tired, more fatigued now. Um, what do you think? Multiple parts. He did identify himself, stress, work, and other things that he feels is affecting it. What I'd like to point out is, and there's a lot of research on it, testosterone is part of our sleep cycle, which a lot, a lot of other things, vitamin D, B12, even estrogen, um, is part of our sleep cycle. So it is very important. Um, one of the things you have to think about though, is he mentioned he was on a CPAP, which means he has sleep apnea, uh, for about 35% of the patients, when you start taking testosterone, it can, uh, aggravate that sleep apnea. So let's just say you were a mild to moderate case, you take the testosterone, yeah, testosterone would help you with sleep, but it could aggravate that sleep apnea and make it now moderate 
to extreme. Um, so, uh, you know, I usually recommend after starting and being on testosterone while if you've noticed a sleep issue is uh, seeing your doctor to recheck and retest to make sure your CPAP doesn't need to be adjusted because the testosterone could have aggravated that issue. That doesn't mean stop taking testosterone on if you have sleepy apnea. It just means make an adjustment to that because the testosterone has a lot of benefits for sleep itself and other things. Some people who will start taking testosterone who have not been diagnosed with sleep apnea, once again, mild issue, didn't bother them too much, or they didn't realize it, and now the testosterone can aggravate it uh, more. Um, throw on top of that, if he is more stressed and working more and he's identifying that that's kind of when it started too, that definitely could just be uh, the issue. You, you do want to then say, well, yeah, I'm treating my testosterone, but now all of this other stuff happened. Maybe I need to check my adrenals too. And uh, which can DHEA and cortisol and things like that can affect you. Um, the the other problem is is then when you don't sleep well, it definitely 100% affects cortisol. Cortisol produces overnight. HGH produces overnight. Uh, so there's other things you could start throwing off with this issue no matter what started it. But my advice to him would be um, to the best of his ability to avoid the triggers that it's not interfering with his sleep. Quit his job. Uh, see his his job or whatever it may be. And then um, also see his primary to make adjustments to make sure the CPAP is adjusted uh, correctly. And then uh, just double check all of his levels, but also some other levels if he hasn't checked on adrenals and things like that uh, to balance it out and and um, start to try to track it down. There's Even though he gave information um, for us or for me especially, I would have started questioning him. And I know sometimes me and you talk and you probably feel like you're in the courtroom <laughs> and you're being cross-examined, but you know, it's like he gave information, but there's so many more questions I could ask yeah. to lead me down different things. And, and that's why the other gentleman, like you're saying here, wallet, I'm, I'm, I didn't want to just give you this general, no, there's plenty of time left. He's early on because maybe he's only treating with once a month shot, once every two weeks. I don't have all of these uh, questions that I would normally answer or ask to get the answers to give a proper evaluation, but that's definitely where I would start with this gentleman with the information yeah. I have. CPAPs are tricky too. And and what I've noticed is, you know, if I'm congested and I have to go from the nose mask to the full face mask, it's not going to work as well for me. Or if my mask is a couple months old and it's not as, uh, it's, it's, I don't know, it doesn't seal as well. It's not going to work as well for me. Mm-hmm. And then the work thing. Air. Hey, yeah, that hey. that's a hard one. The longer the beard <laughs> yeah. gets, the harder it is to seal up. Mm-hmm. And and then the work thing, like I was just talking to to you guys about myonestatol. I don't even I don't know how to say it, how to say it. Mm-hmm. Um and and got no benefit from that. I don't have any trouble falling asleep, but I do have trouble staying asleep. I didn't see any benefit from that, but um Sean mentioned the extended release um melatonin. And I haven't tried mm-hmm. that yet. But what I'm able to do is reflect back and it's like, okay, that, that two month period of time where I was waking up at three o'clock every morning and staying awake for the rest of the day. Um, I was, I was trapped in this cave here working, you know, nonstop and wasn't doing anything physical. And then, you know, the next six weeks I'm sleeping like a baby, but it's because I'm outside at summer. I'm getting sun, I'm doing yard work. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the RV ready for trips. I, you know, I'm, I'm physically exerting myself and I'm sleeping better as a result of it. So there's something to that for me that, you know, when I'm in work mode, I sleep like crap always, but when mm-hmm. I'm not I sleep really well. 
So maybe that could be part of the work thing too. It, it definitely could. That's why I said there's so many factors that you have to question your way through with somebody. Um, uh, you know, but that would be the, the, the start of it. And sometimes people do need assistance uh, with medications to sleep. I usually say start with the neutral pharmaceuticals like you did. It could be melatonin, instant melatonin. There's, you know, we have a neutral pharmaceutical company. We sell this one product, Insomnitol. That's a mixture of those. It doesn't have the time release, but sometimes I've added a time release melatonin in extra with it. So there's all these uh, different products that you can try and take, uh, to use to help with sleep. Uh, the, the last thing you want to do is go to the ambience and things like that, because long-term they can affect your sleep cycle. If I tell somebody, if you're going to take it, don't take it every night, take a couple of times a week, spread it out, get yourself a good night of sleep and try to get some rest, but taking it on a regular basis, uh, it will change your sleep pattern and you probably will be dependent on it besides some of the other side effects that can come with it and you know, also sleepwalking you never never sleepwalking in your life start sleepwalking yeah. uh house is on fire didn't wake up you did yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, uh something emergency you got to get up and get going when you first take it first the beginning of the night you're probably not going to be very coherent yeah i so, can't even um, handle I, like I, nyquil and wake up if something mm -hmm. happens in the middle of the night let alone you know i've never tried ambient mm -hmm. but nyquil knocks me out Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will use these different things. One of the really popular ones is Benadryl. Um, Benadryl safe, turn around forever. Uh, they've actually found that it'll affect your long-term memory when you take Benadryl oh, wow. on a long-term basis. Some other issues too, but that's the main one that concerned me was long-term memory being affected. And that's uh, there's these other over-the-counter ones. Benadryl is just one. There's several of them that can do that. There's one product that sometimes we'll use called Vistaril. Uh, that uh, was originally created in the 60s. It was a decongestant. Uh, they, they made it uh, as, as a, a antihistamine, but they, it just wasn't very effective as antihistamine, but they noticed it made people very calm and sleepy. It's still used today. It's used for anxiety, panic attacks, uh, helping with sleep. And it's so safe that they actually will give it to you prior to anesthesia, which you know, they don't want to give you anything when you're going on anesthesia. If somebody is a lot of anxiety or panicking to calm you down, I tell people taking it on a regular basis can maybe help you feel calmer every day, but you lose the effect of sleep. Um, once again, that's one of those things. If you had to go to a medication to the side effects are, are dry mouth and sleepiness, uh, you can get grogginess in the morning. Um, some people take a little while to get going. It doesn't knock you out. It calms you. If you're a person that's waking up because a lot of OCD or random thoughts, it can help with that. Very inexpensive medication that you can buy. Good RX, I think it's like $10, $15 for a three-month supply. Um, so, you know, when we have to, sometimes we'll use that. When we can't identify a, an issue, the patient is really struggling as well as we've used all the natural resources. Because once again, non-control, non-habit forming, no impact on long and short-term memory, very few to no side effects. The one that I would probably say is people say they still feel groggy in the morning for two, three hours. Yeah. Uh, semaglutide. What is it? What does it cost? Semaglutide is generic version of Ozempic, uh, originally created for diabetes, uh, pre-diabetes, insulin resistance, and things like that. Um, they found it then helps you lose weight. It slows down the intestines. So when you slow down the intestines, you don't absorb as much as that fat and calories. It works on, you know, I don't want to get too into medical, scientific, a GLP. Everybody hears, oh, it's a GLP-1 receptor. 
Uh, yes, it does. And there's there's another one called tarzipatide, which is the generic for Manjaro that works on one and two. But um, basically, the the simple description of it, it slows down the intestines and makes you feel full quicker, helps cut back the appetite, but it helps block the absorption of a lot of the food. So even if you eat some, you're blocking some. Uh, some of the side effects, uh, nausea, uh, bloating, um, uh, heartburn, anti-acid, uh, and also constipation are some of the common ones. You can get fatigue from it, but sometimes the fatigue is you're not eating enough. You're losing nutrients, nutrient deficiency, or just not enough food. Um, very effective product, very safe. Some of the side effects you do have to counterbalance with anti-nausea medicine or some other medication. Um, that one is go slow and steady. I know you'll talk to people and say, oh, I took that first two weeks. I lost 20 pounds. <laughs> yes, it's possible. But then some people, that medication, when it came out in the research, it tells you expect several weeks or months to start picking up weight because you have to or losing weight because you have to titrate up on it. Of course, we found you can titrate up a little quicker. We tell patients, you know, you, there's a titration that comes on your prescription of how you do it, but you can go slower, faster, depending on your side effects, as well as your, your weight loss. Um, and, uh, it's been a great product. It's really been a, they called it a game changer and it took me a while. I believe it over this last couple of years, it is a game changer and they're coming out with more that are even more effective yeah. out there. Um, so, um, very effective product. It's juicy. So here's another big thing. Everywhere you'll see once a week, small insulin style injection in the stomach. They're now coming out with research and we've already started identifying it. Taking it twice a week can be more effective. Uh, it has a seven-day half-life, but it's very similar. We're finding now the testosterone. They first said, oh, it's a seven-day half-life, sort of sits there and then drops off 50% after seven days. Um, in actuality, like testosterone, the first two days, maybe into the third, it spikes up. Then it comes down and plateaus off, and then it drops 50%. So some patients um, will say they get more side effects in the beginning because of that high spike. And then some say towards the end of the week, they're feeling hungry again or having those cravings. So we're finding more and more and starting to kind of tell our patients that have side effects or there's the end of the week issues. You just take it twice a week, split up your dose and do it Monday or Thursday. Um, and we're seeing good results. Not everybody has to do that. Just like to stop. Some people take it once a week and it's terrific, but there is the option to take it twice a week and it could help with some of the issues you're having. As far as price, it's all over the place because of the size bottle you get, how many milligrams, you know, if you're on a higher amount of units, you want to get a larger bottle. It could be as as low for a three month supply as four fifty, depending on your dosing, all the way up to nine hundred dollars, depending on your higher uh, uh, dosing. Um, that is a product you can stay on long term. It is a product that you can then titrate back down and go to a maintenance dose. Um, some people they lost the weight, they're done, get off of it, and they titrate down, and they're they're done. Other people are like, I don't want to sit here like a nun and exercise all day with this food. Can I stay on a low maintenance dose to now maintain it easily and have a life? Sure you can. Um, it is very good for keeping the glucose down and insulin levels, which as we already know from metformin for the last 15 years, metformin is used for anti-aging. Why? Keeps the insulin levels down and glucose, which ages quicker and, and health and stuff. So this product works in a, a very similar way that can... They're looking at it. And just as a side note, they're finding more and more about this medication. Besides weight loss and diabetes, it was it was made for using it for PCOS. Uh, once again, insulin level, PCOS, life-changing for some people with PCOS. 
They've also found for alcoholism, they're testing it. They found with alcoholism, a lot of people, they just didn't want to drink anymore. They didn't have the cravings, so they're looking at it for that. They've found it now for certain drug addictions they're testing it for. But a big one that came out, and I can't remember if it was Eli, there was a big research that came out with a company that makes a medication for liver disease, non-alcoholic damage liver diseases. Um, and they had a medication that had a roughly 45 to 50% success rate in saving you and saving your liver. When they mixed it with semaglutide, 87%. And they feel they're in the next two years, they're going to be able to completely eliminate uh, death from liver disease, non-alcoholic or accidental, you know. Yeah. Um, disease uh, with the combination of these two products as they go on to perfect it. it. It was a huge article, a lot of research on it. So this product just keeps coming out with more and more uses. Wow. That's crazy. That stat. Mm-hmm. Um, one, what, and I, I, we're talking a lot. I got you going today, but uh, <laughs> one thing I want to throw in, because one of the biggest things I hear is, oh my God, I looked up and that's a black box product or it could cause thyroid cancer. Don't take it if you have thyroid cancer or it could cause it. They only ever found it in rats. They've never found it in a human. And it's a certain C-cell thyroid cancer that that particular cell is only found in rats. It's not in humans. But out of precautions and liabilities, they had to do that. And and everybody knows how I feel about FDA and certain government (laughs) entities. You can have these other products that literally if part of the advertising is it could kill you. But it's not a black box or red box product. This is a weight loss product now. It's not just diabetes. Um, a lot of agencies, government agencies, do not like weight loss products, just like testosterone and other things. So it is a black box product. It says, it, you know, if you have thyroid cancer, don't use it. Possibly could cause thyroid cancer. But if you really look at it, look at the data, only in rats. It's never been seen in human or been able to be duplicated in humans. And the type of C cell it is, is only in the rat. What, we don't have that particular cell. What's the difference between the black box product and something that just has that listed as a side effect? Well, they consider it to be so dangerous that they're going to list it. And there's even some anti certain uh, allergy type medicines and different medications that, that get these and there's for a reason. So when they do a black box, it's usually when you look at a medication, they list the side effects and then it says unknown incidents. They've seen it so many times in humans. Hey, we're going to put this label on it because we can't prove it. We don't know why, but here it all is, um, which is surprising because semaglutide doesn't have that. But uh, I think part of the process of getting it approved for weight loss is they had to put it on there. Yeah. But I wanted to clarify that to uh, your community and just to patients, do the research. Only ever seen it in rats. That's certain C cell. Those cells are only in rats, but out of a overabundance of, of caution and to get this product approved for weight loss, I believe that's why it was labeled as a, a as a black black block, black box on it. Gotcha. What about tesafenzine? What is that? Is that new? What's it do? It's been around for a while. So some people will say it works as a antidepressant also, which it can be. Uh, it does suppress hunger. It works a little differently than um Fentermine, where fentermine will suppress the chemical in your brain to tell you that part of your brain to tell you you're hungry, works a little different on serotonin and dopamine and these things like that um, to help suppress your appetite. Now, there is research and data that also will indicate it can also help uh, in the lines of uh, diabetes and, and things like that. 
But once again, these are off labels, you know, just like semaglutide, it's off label use for weight loss. This product will, you start moving into these off label things, but there's a, there's a, you could consider it, uh, it's considered uh, anti-aging can help with diabetes and of course, weight loss, enhance uh, mood and things like that. Uh, it is a capsule that you take daily. Um, some people say, oh, it's a capsule. It has to be less expensive. No, some of these medications are not expensive. They can be about the same price as semaglutide. Uh, it's been around for a while as far as effectiveness on some with some people, extremely, extremely life-changing and effective. And then you're just like with semaglutide. Some people are like, this didn't work at all. Semaglutide, I would say for 85% of the patients who work, 15% or so, this doesn't work just like any medication or doesn't work well. Same thing with this medication. Um, you know, I, it just never grew in popularity like semaglutide did. Um, and, and it just uh, doesn't overall, I feel, have uh, has had a much of an impact on weight loss as semaglutide. People are always looking for that silver bullet. It's a good product, but just like anything, it's it's specific um, to individual people. Now, there's also, it's more and more making its way to the market as a daily semaglutide capsule that you can take. Uh, and they're finding that the capsule could have even more weight loss effect and be more effective. And I think part of that goes back to, they haven't said it or proved it yet, goes back to the shot is once a week. Some people do better with twice a week. Now you're putting something in your body daily. Now let's say, well, you're going to lose some of the absorption with that capsule. You do. It's offset. It's almost as expensive as the injection because the way they have to make it and how much they have to put in there to offset it. Some people say, well, you're putting it through your gut. There's more chance to, to give you side effects. Side effects were about the same weight loss was about the same. I, I would say what I heard most about it is the consistency of the week of how somebody felt rather than having a spike in the beginning with side effects and then drop off with appetite, having a larger appetite towards the end. Yeah. Um, what about semaglutide and metformin together? Is that safe to do? Or is there even a reason to you, do it? You could. I don't recommend trying to mix those because if one is effective, stick to one because you use two, it's going to affect you and make you, it could make you hypoglycemic where your levels, insulin or glucose levels go too low. Even people who need higher amounts of semaglutide, it's a low risk of it, but it can happen. Some people, that number can get too low on them. Um, mixing those two, I just don't think is a good idea. Some people say, well, I'm not taking metformin for the insulin factors of it, or I'm not taking it for the weight loss. It's because of the anti-aging properties. The anti-aging properties is it keeps your insulin and glucose low and, and the way it interacts, insulin uh, interacts with your cells, which is insulin resistance. Um, semaglutide will do this, the same things. Uh, it's not as researched on the insulin resistance because the way it affects with the cells, but a lot of people don't realize is you can eat no sugar and carbs, but you eat like crap and you have high cholesterol. Cholesterol affects the way insulin uh, deals with the cell and you can be insulin resistant and have a low glucose and low HA1C. So cholesterol plays a part in it too. So there's a lot of different factors that come in play. Tessafensine also, by the way, has some impact on cholesterol also, which that feeds back into the whole insulin and diabetes part also. Um, how much it does varies patient to patient. It's not one of those products that I tell you, oh, you take this and it's going to be great with all of these. It's very patient specific. Gotcha. Uh, so Kinsey's a, a listener of the show. He's a patient of, of matrix. He's been on the show. He came on, you know, he had a terrible time finding somebody to treat him, stumbled upon the podcast, came on, told us his story, hooked up with you guys. 
Um, he's got some questions about female hormones. So his mm-hmm. first question, uh, this one seems pretty basic. Can a total lack of a woman's hormones from a complete hysterectomy at the age of 35 cause weight gain? At any age. Yeah. <laughs> any age that you just totally lose your hormones absolutely yeah. will slow down the metabolism besides all the other symptoms we know about and can cause weight gain. Absolutely. What about affecting anxiety? She, his wife has a hard time doing you know activities of daily living like driving. Yes, uh, we see that all the time. Low testosterone, low estrogens, imbalances can cause anxiety, cause severe depression. Uh, we've had patients who they just kept, you know, oh, take these antidepressants, take these anti-anxieties. They either chose not to, they got hormone balance, completely went away or greatly improved. We have some people who were taking the medications that were able to stop or they uh, were able to greatly reduce the medication and they felt much better when they balanced out the hormones. I would say for the majority, not all, of course, different, different people, different things, um, they do see an improvement in all of that. So uh, his wife specifically is a breast cancer survivor. It was an estrogen positive tumor. Um, is that something that, that scares you away from TRT or you're able, would you be able to help her? Uh, slow and steady, keeping it on lower levels, just enough in her body to keep her balanced. Because the bottom line is, it it was estrogen based, but how high were their estrogens? Naturally, she could have been out of balance. Also, estrone, which is three to six times more aggressive. Your estrogen based, uh, you know, cancer, and yet they've never tested for estrone, which is could still be causing a problem. But um, with that, it can be a concern. It's slow and steady, keeping them on the bottom level. But this is the same thing I say, guys, and I say about women. Oh, it's estrogen-based. You can never have estrogen in your body again or testosterone. That is is not true. Uh, women are based on estrogen. Men are based on testosterone. We both need a little bit of the opposite hormone. Without it, estrogen low in women, leading cause of osteoporosis, um, the breakdown of the skin, vaginal dryness, vaginal atrophy, uh, depression, and all the symptoms you can look up at low estrogen will hit. It will usually shorten your life, just like a man with low testosterone will shorten our life, besides the quality of life. But yes, you have to be very careful, go slow and steady, and make sure you have the proper balance of progesterone, your counterbalances for it. Uh, you're using bioidentical products and, and things like that. But it's about monitoring it, uh, keeping it balanced. Um, and, and instead of where you can say, well, a female can be 50 to 250 throughout the month in estrogen, when they, they, they fluctuate, you do want to keep this patient more on the bottom side. You want to uh, make sure you monitor that estrone, the more aggressive one, um, that we're not having spikes or that's, uh, going up. So uh, it is treatable. It's just a little more challenging, a little more, um, where you have to look at the patient more and more lab work, more follow-ups and things like that. And as a, we know with the history of cancer, she's probably getting a slew of testing done every so often, right. To monitor for those things anyway. So I would think that that would be beneficial for her as well. Yeah. So the, the testing she's getting normally with her oncologist or specialist, and then the testing along, say if she was with a clinic like matrix, the other testing that we would do monitoring, making sure everything is in balance. Uh, you'd be very surprised and it can be a lot of different things we talk about. You're going to like, Oh, they're seeing their specialist. Uh, let me take a look at your lab work. Half the stuff that should be in there is not in there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it does come up. Yep. Uh, tell me about the matrix summer sale. What you got going on? Uh, 
Ashley's a better person. Yeah, to ask you don't about know. That. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fake it till I make it here. I uh, know it's that we have a big summer sale, just like we have the Black Friday sale. Uh, we usually do a um, if you're buying one, two, or three items, 10, 15, or 20 percent. It can be the same item. So if you're looking to stock up, or like most people, when they buy a peptide, they buy a three month supply, so that qualifies you for the the 20 percent. Um, and, and it includes all the peptides or most of the peptides, weight loss products, things like that. Semaglutides on there, terzipatide, uh, B12s, the lipos, the carnitines. Um, so all of those products are are on there. And, and like I said, it's if you buy one, two, or three, gets you to 10, 15, or, or 20%. You do have to, to, to mention it. It's not something that's a, a default. Um, we run these through our pharmacies. And when we set them up because of our buying power, they give us a certain amount of time uh, to run these specials. Because some people say, well, I bought it two days before refund me i can't because the pharmacy charged me the full price at that time or if you missed it by a day they're like this is your window you have to buy it there if you don't that's it we usually get the confirmation for them literally three to five days prior to the sale happening so um it's a great sale you can save a lot of money especially for buying you know certain products you can stock up on (laughs) big ticket items like semaglutide and peptides you know saving 10 to 20% could be very substantial. It could be 500 bucks. Uh, yeah, it definitely can. Especially we have couples. We have a lot of couples that are using the medication. So they really rack up big savings because then they can kind of mix and match. They're using a lot of the same things. He might not need this right now. She might not need that. But they'll place one order and, and get substantial savings. To make it simple, make sure that they uh, get their orders in on time. If anyone texts TRT to 66866, I'll be sure to send the uh, the order form link out to you. So mm-hmm. you can just make it easy and click, yeah. click, click. You, and, you know, we have the online. If you go to matrixhormones.com, we have the refill button. Uh, if you haven't been a patient, you can still take advantage of this sale. If you, you To sign up for something like the weight loss and the vitamins, uh, and you can talk to this, it's, it's very m- much more streamlined and easy for them to do. And it has till the end of the day, Friday the 7th at 5 p.m. Uh, to do this, so July 7th. Uh, they can easily get signed up through the system and, and place the order. But uh, you know, with our patients, we urge them to do the refill. That's the most secure way, quickest way, easiest way to track it. But you know, some patients still email, call, portal message, text you, however, we'll take the order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the onboarding for the weight loss is super easy. Most patients in most cases are within an hour, they're finishing their onboarding and their orders placed from start to finish. It's mm-hmm. simple. Just need a couple. Yeah, it's 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 really getting more streamlined. We're trying to make it as efficient as possible, as easy as possible. We, we've been getting the feedback from the patient, and also just time. Uh, some people are like, hey, it's easy, just change that. Oh, <laughs> there's a domino effect there. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of different things that we're 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 working on in the background right now to make this as easy and painless as possible for patients. Make it as efficient as possible. We've made some changes on. On if you have prior lab work, how much lab work you had, when did you have it done, to just make it as easy and as affordable to patients as possible. Yep. Love it. That's all I got. You got anything? Uh, no. You have the winning lotto number? No, of course not. I think the no, pharmacy think. has those. <laughs> no, you know, I just I just want to say we we talk and we joke uh, all the time and we're, we're intermixed with so many things. But for myself and yourself, I know – uh, not only for your community, but for Matrix Hormones, we just appreciate your community so much. But we also just appreciate the patients, and we appreciate the 
feedback. And like I said, we're not perfect. Things happen. Uh, and we try to learn from them. We try to make it better. And, uh, you know, we are very popular. We're very busy. And we try to do it without making a, a huge impact on care where, oh, we're making this change for the better, but we're slowed down. Uh, the only other thing is pharmacies. All pharmacies across the board have slowed down. Um, there used to be you know, one to three days turnaround time since semaglutide has come in. They make tons of money off semaglutide. They make it a priority. They can't keep up. In fact, we, you know, received something from one pharmacy today saying we're going to be on back order semaglutide because we can't keep up on that, let alone the regular orders. So we've seen a lot of that across the board. And it's just not us. It's just everybody uh, where they've slowed down. And sometimes it's two weeks, three weeks for deliveries, which is just insane. Um they're trying to catch up, but as soon as they catch up, they they fall behind. But it is slowly getting better, and we hope it goes back to where it was, you know, eight, twelve months ago, where the delivery times are much quicker again. Yeah, cool. All right, All right. bye. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening to the TRT Community Podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT community.